0: Two titans in radio come together for one great segment. It's Mark Daniels and Mike Bianchi on the bridge.
1: Well, this is what was the theme? Movie soundtrack? Sports movie soundtrack?
0: Mark Daniels, do you know this one? Sounds like Kenny Loggins. Kenny Loggins,
1: yes. You got the name of the song or the movie?
0: Uh, top no. Gun. No. How is Top Gun a sports movie? Is it uh, <laughs> a sports movie? It's not uh the golf movie. Is it uh
1: Happy Gilmore? Caddyshack. No. Caddyshack. Mm. Two. Okay. Mr. Knight. Caddyshack. Mm.
0: Wow. There I'm alright. It's his more famous movie of Caddy. it's more famous song Caddyshack. My, nah. goal is to, my
1: goal is to stump you, not find the most famous song. Nah. And I think Ooh. I've accomplished Ooh, look that. Vasquez bowing up. Chalon. I like <laughs> him bowing up, the Daniels. I, I think I've accomplished the stumping today. He's not bowing down to you, Daniels. Settle down, Rosa.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Oh.
1: <laughs> All right, Mark, real quick we had David Steele on the iconic Orlando Magic broadcaster who will be inducted into the Magic Hall of Fame. On Friday, we had him on earlier in the show, and I told him this. I still consider David Steele. This is how old I am. I still consider him because I grew up as a kid listening to Gator football on the radio with Otis Boggs. I still, in my mind's eye, consider David Steele as the new guy broadcasting Gator games.
0: Well, David had the incredible challenge of replacing a legend. I mean, Otis Boggs was Florida football at a time, Mike, you know, where – that's how people listen. Yeah, there was no games on football. TV then. So Otis Boggs was the voice, the eyes, the passion, the heart of uh, Florida football on those Saturdays. And David Steele uh, comes in, and the guy that replaces a legend is always in a very, very difficult spot. And um, I, I heard your interview with David, and and I've been fortunate to know David for 34 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I got to Florida, I met David Steele, and he was very kind to uh, give me the time and. Uh, give me advice, and uh, uh, I I still remember that. And then I, I as I've told you, I was blessed to work with Otis Boggs my entire career at Florida. And when Otis Boggs and Jim Finch did the morning radio show on WRUF, I did sports for them for better than two years. Radio. And, uh, that was radio. So hey, that was radio's heyday, wasn't it? I was. Uh, you know, I I was blessed to work with those guys. But you know, David. Uh, you know, David talked and and, and gave a great point that all young broadcasters and really anybody can use is that you got to be yourself and 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 if you fake it and you're not like that and then people meet you they're like well you're not the guy that I hear or or watch I think that you get exposed and and uh what makes David very good is not just his ability to uh, call a game both on radio and television that he's genuine and and he's the same person you meet off the air that he is on the air and um, I think those people last long I mean the shock jock sounds great, and 15 minutes of fame expires at 15.01. Guys like David have been doing this 30 years for the Magic and uh, many years before that, and there's a reason why that they stick around that I And mean, Let's be honest. We have
1: two iconic radio play-by-play guys in this town, and Mark Daniels, you're one of them. Uh, David Steele doesn't do radio anymore, well, but he's one think of Dennis them.
0: Dennis Newman's there.
1: Yeah, and Dennis Newman as well. Mark, yeah. uh, real last thing on this. Remember the day when, like, ra- the radio play-by-play guy, and not that you're not still beloved by UCF fans, but back in the day when there were no games on TV, the radio play-by-play guy for for that that team was, I mean, he was not only known, he was loved by everybody.
0: Yes. Oh, absolutely. Look, I, I, I'm I'm blessed to do what I do. Uh, I do what I do in a television era. And, and my role's different now as a radio play-by-play voice for UCF, and to me, my role's more than just doing radio play-by-play. I'm, I'm somewhat of an ambassador for the athletic department and uh, utilizing social media and uh, making appearances at events and things like that, but uh, Mike, in a pre-television-dominant world like today, those, uh, the, those guys were legends. I mean, uh, uh, the, they became bigger than the program, bigger than the famous coach to, to, to some degree, and Larry Munson's the best example of that. Larry Munson represented Georgia's army of fans because he was the fan for Georgia and forever uh, passionate and loyal. And, uh, you know, it's hard to duplicate that today in a television world.
1: All right, Mark. Um, obviously, big news yesterday, the Alliance of American Football. Uh, Tom Dundon, the owner of the Carolina Hurricanes, we talked about this a lot yesterday, but it was announced yesterday that he is the new chairman of the board of the alliance of american football after his 250 million dollar investment into the league there was a question whether the league was even going to be able to survive without tom dundon's investment we asked steve spurrier about it this morning and he shed some new light on it yeah i think what happened mike uh an original investor that uh sort of I think led, uh, Charlie to believe believing he could come up with money to get to get us through the first year, uh, sort of bailed out. He, he didn't have it. And, uh, we found, uh, Tom Dundon, is that his name, uh, owner of the, uh, Hurricanes and the uh, National Hockey League. And so we found him and, uh, he's, I think he liked the idea so well. He became, uh, probably the majority owner. And now we're, we're all set to go for quite a while now.
0: Good uh, grief, a Woj bomb from Spurrier this morning. Right?
1: I mean, that pretty much,
0: doesn't that pretty Mike, much
1: confirm that Mike, everything the Athletic wrote was true? Mike,
0: Mike, what? first off, props to you, Uh because Steve Spurrier gave you the story, period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it, okay? Whatever spin Charlie ever saw gave you yesterday, and understand why he did the spin the way that he did, Uh Steve Spurrier gave you the story that probably Charlie Ebersault and Bill Polian and others are like, oh, Steve, well, come on, remember we said let's not uh, discuss that stuff. But Mike and Adam, you guys know Spurrier well enough. I'm guessing this is how it happened, right? Whether he called his good friend that's his financial advisor, he called Tim Ruskell, or he called Mike Woodell and said, hey, what happened here? You know what's going on? And somebody said, all right, Steve, well, here's what's going on. But, you know, this is the story We're trying to keep it on the down low. And Steve Spurrier's like, all right, he told you the story. That's it. They had a financial guy that bailed, that bailed. Yeah, and uh, and, and and somebody came in and bailed him out. Now I I do agree with you. It it doesn't matter. Like I think Adam said, if you were going to the game on Saturday and you're still going, and and there's going to be a game, you shouldn't care, uh, because they're going to play. Um, but Steve Spurrier danced, uh, you know, didn't dance around anything. He he told you what happened. Do you think? Why do you think Tom? Uh,
1: Dun- uh Dundrum bailed them out. Why do you, do you think he thought thought he was getting a really good deal, Dunton? I,
0: mean. I don't know. Um, I I I, I got somebody on uh, today from uh, Raleigh who covers um well who covered Dunton and the story and then it followed him since he bought the Hurricanes. He's a he's a little bit more Cuban like here. Um, and it's interesting the quote that he had in the Raleigh uh, Durham a uh, newspaper the the uh, the Observer was. Well, if I didn't buy this, I was going to buy something else. I I I needed to buy a business. I was bored. <laughs> oh so, God! Um, uh, so look, I, he,
1: he had two hundred fifty million dollars. He found in the couch, well, couch
0: cushion. Couch cushion. First off, Okay. First up. Let, 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 let Let's slow down on that number. Okay.
1: Okay. Well, well. What do you
0: know, Mark? Well, uh, my guess is dundon has got the money. My mm. guess is he put it in escrow. I don't think the AAF bank account today is a little bit below $250 million because they just made payroll. My guess is he's committed to this money, and he's probably inherited their financials, and, uh, you know, it sounds good to say... Are are you
1: saying he's giving them an allowance? Okay,
0: here's enough to make payroll. Yes! (laughs) Mike, he practically said that in the cut you guys played, and I think Adam nailed it when he said, well, you know, they got my money on Thursday, and, you know, people usually get paid on Friday... And the glitch was it was, a, it was a banking weekend. It was a holiday weekend. Uh, President's Day was on Monday. Guys got paid yesterday. I think Adam nailed it. um the, gl-
1: I, the glitch was like the glitch I used to have when I bought my first car, when I got my first job, and I was late on my car payment every month right. because I didn't have money in the bank. Is that the glitch you think it was? That there wasn't enough money in the bank account?
0: I, I don't know, but I think that they reached a point that I think they realized they had to do something, and uh, Dundon was probably the best situation immediately for them. Uh, look, I, 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 I've interviewed Charlie Ebersole I think twice in in, in twelve years or mm-hmm. something, uh, and and you interviewed him yesterday. So I don't know Charlie Ebersole. I I just find it hard that you create this baby, and uh, you promote all of the venture capital funds that are partnering with you, and you have this vision, and then you decide, you know what, I'm out, man. We're going to sell it, and uh, we'll just cash out. Now, there are people that do that every day in this business world, but I'm not quite sure I would buy that that was the plan to let him come in uh, and say, hey, we're going to cash out right now. But look, the league found somebody, and that's all they need. All right, Mark,
1: we got a lot to get to. What do you make of this other Orlando Apollo story uh, starting next week? They are going to have to start practicing in Georgia. This has been There's been rumblings about this. I did some investigation into this. I talked to some league officials. It, it appears that the state of Florida has a workers' comp law that does not cover professional athletes. And therefore, Georgia does have a law that covers professional athletes. So the Orlando Apollos are going to be stationed in Jacksonville starting next week. For about the next month, all right, and they're going to practice in Georgia, over the border, in Kingsland, Georgia, because I guess the Georgia law says you have to practice at least 51% of your practices.
0: Okay, but Mike, help Mm -hmm. me out. I'm confused. Okay. You said that Florida doesn't have a workman's comp law for professional athletes. Yes. How many teams in our state are professional?
1: Okay, but how— Again, this is according to the Alliance officials. According, What happens is, like, for instance, in the state of Georgia, if you can't find an insurance company to insure your players in your league, oh, yeah. Georgia has a, the the Georgia state government makes, they have a last-ditch insurance company that will. Right. Florida doesn't have that law. They don't okay, have that. Okay, but.
0: Again, I, I, I'm i not beating up on the Apollos here, but clearly there are workmen's comp insurance companies that cover teams in this state. We not, have professional teams. Hold on a second, Mike. Okay, but we have me. NFL teams, NHL teams, Major League Baseball teams, MLS teams in the state. If they're able to get workman's comp, I, I think the story may be, was there a company willing to give insurance to the Apollos? No, the that's,
1: that was what I was about to tell you.
0: No. Yes. Okay, that, well, then that's the story. The story isn't the state doesn't provide workman's comp for professional athletes. The story is there's not an insurance company willing to do that.
1: Yeah, but in Georgia, the state supplies that insurance right. company.
0: Correct. They yeah.
1: supply an insurance company. Right. And, I, and according to the Alliance people, the NF, the, all the leagues you mentioned, the NFL, the M, you know, uh, Major League Baseball, NBA, they all have agreements with one insurance company that covers the entire league. The, the Apollos and the Alliance were not able to secure an insurance company.
0: Correct. Yes. And, and again, I wasn't trying to corner you. That That is the story, that other leagues do have workman's compensation in the state. They are covered by a large company that does this. The Apollos just were not able to get it covered and therefore I wonder had this why unique that. situation. I don't know. That's a very valid question. Yeah. I, 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 I'm— and I, I I don't know why.
1: I wonder what that would run up front. You no, know, oh. I'm sure it's exorbitant amount for a startup
0: football. And maybe league. they called Charlie Eversole and said, "Hey, I got other bills to pay right now. I can't hey, cover this." I, 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 <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're trying to make payroll here. Quick, quick, let's go to a state that's got this thing covered. Hold on. Uh,
0: it is. I mean, it, it, uh, and, and you could tell Spurrier was putting a positive spin. I don't think Steve Spurrier likes the fact that they're going to do this for the next month. And it doesn't help in regarding uh, coverage, uh, you know, for the team and things like that. Not, not that fans are flocking to practice for anybody every yeah, but day. Yeah, it, 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 It's not ideal. I mean, it really is not an ideal situation. I don't think your paper is about to bunker somebody up in Georgia for the next month. for Kingsland,
1: coverage. Georgia, I'll go. I'll go, co- I'll, I'll go to Kingsland. I can do my radio show from the Kingsland Howard Johnsons.
0: flush. <laughs> well, you have roomed in a hotel before at Steve Spurrier,
1: so... <laughs> Coach, All look who it is. All right, Mark, and, and I know you work for the university and you, you probably can't comment on this a lot, but I was, I was a little disappointed that the new president of UCF, Dale Whitaker, offered his resignation yesterday. I like Dale Whitaker. He's been on our show. He seems like a good guy. It seems to me, and you can comment on this if you want, it seems to me like he got caught up, even though he wasn't the president, he wasn't calling the shots when this spending scandal took took place with the educational building. It seems to me like he got caught up in the political backlash last year.
0: Oh, I don't think that's uh, totally off base. Um, uh, I've got to know Dale Whitaker well uh, since he's become president. I say well, I mean, i Been around Dale at at social functions several times. He's been to many sporting events, and I really like Dale Whitaker. Uh, And and I believe that Dale Whitaker uh, was a great choice to be president. Um, The UCF story is interesting on many fronts. Um, You could defend what was done, and you could also understand why those say, well, the law is not written that way. You could also find people say that there's a gray area there. You could also find examples at other universities in the state have been doing this for decades, about taking money earmarked for something, using some of it elsewhere. Um, So, uh, you know, uh, there's a whole bunch of uh, stories in play here. Whitaker's offered his resignation. I believe the hearing is tomorrow. It hasn't yet been accepted. Um, And uh, he may have been caught in a situation that he's not ultimately responsible for, Mm -hmm. but um, may, uh, you know, be willing to take uh, the result of what took place with him uh, losing his position. Um, uh, Again, I'm not justifying what UCF did to those that say, well, you know, so so it's okay to misappropriate funds and things like that. But before you say that, at least understand what happens when the state issues funds to universities and what they do with that money. And this particular money, again, I'm not justifying the wrongdoing, but what UCF is being accused of is quite common in our state. All right, last, well, maybe it's the last
1: thing I want to ask you. Uh, a, a guy you've had on a, your show, a guy I've had on my show, West Orange football coach uh, Bob Head. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody knows a few weeks ago he was arrested for domestic violence uh, in his home. I believe it was in Winter Garden. Um, the, there was an investigation, and yesterday it came out that the prosecutors are not going to press charges. One of the prosecutors said it's not a prosecute, prosecutable case. And, but when you read the details in the police report, and again, we, we don't know what's true and what's not true, um, it sounds pretty bad in the police report. But mm-hmm. do you think Bob Head gets reinstated as the head football coach at West Orange? I would have a hard time believing that he will.
0: Yeah, I'm not quite sure he gets reinstated. Um, Remember, uh, I mean, we've learned enough in recent years, sadly, by stories, that just because charges are not filed doesn't mean that nothing happened. Um, There's reasons why charges don't get filed. There's a reason why uh, victims don't come forward. Uh, The story that's out there does make it hard to uh, envision West Orange or somebody else giving Bob a head coaching position right now. I, I, I... Again, I know as much as you know, but I just think that would be a tough one to sell based on what you know at the moment. Yeah, um, again. And, and, and I i don't know other than the same stuff you know. I just think that's a tough image to stand up there and say, well, well, we feel comfortable. But, you know, I guess we'll see what the school does.
1: What were your impressions of Nani being introduced by Orlando City yesterday?
0: Well, I thought he did a good job with his English. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Spoke English throughout
1: the whole news conference. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, So, no, I think it's, uh, uh, if you're an Orlando City fan, uh, just being honest, not the hardcore passionate fans there, but the casual fan that fills that stadium, um, following players that you know, now have heard of, and hear about them is important for a franchise like uh, Orlando City, where still the bulk of your Fan base, not the hardcore ones, really know a couple of players and go to games because they're fun and exciting. Uh, he now becomes a name that I think fans will uh, follow and he'll probably be one of their most popular players and that's good now he has to go out and produce. I think Adam asked you in you know one of your segments, uh, you know can he score 15 goals? I hope uh, they need somebody like that uh, you know I mean Dom's got to be healthy and if, if you stop and think about it, who's the most popular player on Orlando City right now? Dom Dwyer. Okay, well, Nani doesn't have that much work then to become the most popular. And I'm not knocking Dom, I'm just mm-hmm. saying you're proving my point. It's not that there aren't talented players, but, uh, you know, the 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 casual fan doesn't know a lot of these players.
1: Dom Dwyer scores whenever the hell he wants to.
0: <laughs> Except right? he's never healthy.
1: <laughs>
0: hey, uh, Adam also said this earlier, and
1: I don't know that I agree with him. He said no matter what, Orlando City's going to, you know, they're going to have twenty twenty-five thousand 25,000 fans at their games. Do you think that Orlando city is still a sure near capacity uh, crowd
0: for their games this year? Uh, I would say the first third of the season they are. Okay. I'm not quite sure after that. And, and, and my proof is last season. Um, I'm going to guess that, you know, there's still that level of excitement when a year begins. And, uh, I, I think they'll do very well in attendance. And then Mike, Adam, you guys know as it gets a little bit warmer. Um, it, it, it if your team's won one out of ten matches, oh, yeah. and the forecast is 86 and rain, I'm not quite sure that it's as fun to go. And, and proof is in the last half of the season last year. Mike, you saw some of those crowds uh, last half of the season. When you can easily spell Orlando up top, <laughs> that, that that's a sign of what the actual attendance Yeah, is. but
1: even – again, I'm I'm shocked that the Orlando Magic, through their six-year losing streak, got the fans they got – I'm still amazed that, yeah, the the crowds dwindled at Orlando City games last year, but it still amazes me that they get as many fans as they do because they've been, I mean, let's face it, they've been bad over the last four years. But
0: that's a testament to our fans. I've supported Orlando sports fans, and, and I think you have as well. It's not them. It's the product. I mean, I agree. Magic support during this ridiculous run is good in my opinion. Yeah, that, that the people still go to games, and I'm not saying Orlando City drew ten thousand. I'm just saying though it it, it wasn't capacity, and I don't blame the fans. Mike, that team went what four months winning one match last year. <laughs> no, I mean, I understand when fans said, "Hey, I, you know, I I, I don't want to go." I, I don't blame fans. Uh, you got to get results to get fans, and uh, but 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 I think at the beginning of the season there'll be that level of excitement. Uh, you know. March then becomes June. If, it, if it's June and the team is not playing well, then, I, you know, you'll see some nights that it is not as crowded as normal.
1: What do you have on the show today?
0: Uh, well, I'm going to go to Raleigh. I want to learn more about the guy that bought this league, and, and, and he's got an interesting background. He's got a little bit of Mark Cuban in him, and, and um, uh, you know, perhaps we'll learn a little bit more about uh, Tom Dundon and his reasoning uh, for this, uh, so, so I find that uh, you know, o- kind of interesting.
1: He owns the league now, right, essentially?
0: Yeah, Charlie, I think, avoided your question yesterday, but I, two people I trust told me he, he bought it outright, period. Like, that was his deal. Like, right now, if I give you this money, I own this league. They can spin it any way they want. I don't know if he's got 100%, but I think he's got pretty darn close to it. And uh, maybe he's got a vision. Maybe he sees something. He Apparently, he's got a lot of football friends. Uh, you know, there have been a few news stories about Troy Aikman advising him and uh, you know, he's got some other football people. So maybe he's got a plan here that he believes is viable uh, to move forward. And uh, that's why he thinks it was worth the investment uh, right now. But again, I, I don't think the Alliance bank account has got $249 million yeah. in it today.
1: Hopefully, if he has a plan, hopefully that plan isn't one of those Willie Taggart plans that he won't tell us about. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. All
1: right. Peace, love, boiled peanuts. Have a great show. The Vita Sports is next.